Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Today, I want to talk about saying yes to the power of God, saying yes to the power of God. Last week, we talked about two important yeses that we must say. First, we got to say yes to be forgiven and receive undeserved love. We got to say yes to be forgiven and receive undeserved love. The second yes we talked about last week was to say yes to love others right in front of us. And that came out of 1 John 4. Now listen, at my house, remember I told you, I'm, I'm building out there, so I'm thinking about how to build all the time. I'm building in my little pole barn, and I'm putting a little, uh, little office studio thing in there. Apparently, Ryan tells me I have to have an inspector come out. Now I'm really nervous, okay? So I might have tear it all down and restart. I don't know. But here's what I learned. If you don't have the foundation correct, it won't hold up anything else. I'm at my old house, and I realized that my back porch is sinking a little bit. I go step out there on the yard and realize that my foot kind of went down. Anybody ever had this issue? No? I realized that those idiots had dropped all the trees and then just built on top of them. Turns out, trees rot after about 50 years, and so all these holes started opening up. Lucky me, right? And uh, I realized, as I think about all this, guys, if we don't have those foundational elements correct, understood, received, matured, I can't move forward with any more yeses until I receive the forgiveness of God, the undeserved love of God, and then I begin to love others right in front of me. Those are foundational elements as we continue forward. But I want to press down into the next chapter where he talks about what does it look like to continue down this road, okay? 1 John 5, 13 through 15. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So who's he writing to? He's writing to people who have believed in the name Jesus. That you may know that you have eternal life. So I'm writing this to you so that you know if you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. That is big time. Now, the first thing we've got to understand in this, and it, it goes back to those foundational elements, but what he's saying is God wants you to know, God wants to save you. Do you know that? Do you know God is not stingy? God wants to save you. And some of us have received Jesus like 14 times and we're sure that he surely doesn't actually want to save us. You might want to save everybody else, but not me. Anybody ever been there? Asked Jesus into my heart probably a hundred times, you know? Especially when I started out this journey. But John wants everyone to know, listen, God wants to save you. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but he's patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Listen, this is what he says in John. I'm writing these things to you who believe in the name Jesus, that you may know that you have eternal life. 
This is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He wants us to know it is his will to save you. So when you call out to the name Jesus, he wants to save you. He's heard you. Salvation is yours. Let's move past the beginning stage now. John's saying, listen, you've prayed according to his will. Has anybody called out to the name Jesus? That is his will. Through that name, you will be saved. First Peter, or Second Peter, helps us understand. Listen, it's not his will that any should perish, but everybody to be saved. God isn't stingy with salvation. Let's keep going. So how do we step in to this powerful living? How do we begin the process? Romans 1.16 helps us understand how we begin, and it goes back to the foundation. I want to keep hitting foundation for a second. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Listen, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. The word salvation is literally this idea that prison doors get to open up. Freedom happens. And some of us feel prisoner today And if you feel prisoner today, you don't have to stay in prison. Jesus offers to open the doors. If you call on his name for saving, the doors will open and you can be set free, delivered from spiritual slavery. The power of God does that through the truth. The word gospel, literally the Greek word is euangelion. And it was this declaration to a kingdom that a new king has now taken control of the kingdom. It was the gospel herald is another word. A herald would bring the gospel. Anybody ever read the newspaper? Call it a herald sometime because the news is brought to the people, the herald. So the herald would take the gospel from the king and he would declare it. Paul is saying, listen, through the declaration of the gospel of God, People can be saved or set free. This is where the power of God enters in and opens up prison doors for us to live the free life. So that's where it begins. How does it continue? 1 John 5 helps us understand. This is the confidence that we have toward him, verse 14, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, We know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So we see in this this passage, we see the purpose of prayer and the secrets of the power of prayer. How do we step into the power of God and continue to live in it? Let's talk about that. Number one, it it is to ask. Ask. Number one, we gotta step in and ask. Verse 14, this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask, James 4 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Some of us are living the needy life. You can come to your father who wants to give to you. Ask him. Ask him. Verse 3 of James 4 says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Now, many of us understand this verse, but I think many of us take it out of context and live within it. 
And we say, well, God doesn't want to answer, answer any prayers I have because they're just about me. Listen to me. God wants to bring healing to people. God wants to see healing happen. But in the context of what James is talking about, the word passion literally means like a thermostat rising in temperature. And what he's talking about in that passage is a bunch of people who want things to elevate themselves above the other. I'm heated up inside in a way where I long to be above you. And I want God to give me something so that I'm not seen as low, I'm seen as high, high above others. And so James is saying, hey, listen, if you ask with that motive, don't expect God to answer at all. You must humble your heart and understand why he's wanting to answer our prayers. He loves us so much, but it's by the grace of God that he loves us so much. So humble your heart. Now, the second thing is, after we ask God, after we ask, let's ask about everything. What did verse 14 say? We have this confidence toward him that if we ask anything, and we're going to get to according to his will, but let's stay with everything for a second. I'm, uh, I told you I was building something. And my son loves to build with me. This is his tool set. This is little JP's tool set. JP had surgery this week, y'all, so y'all could lift him up. He's doing amazing. But he was out there with bandages on his nose, ready to just grind with me. He's like, Dad, listen to it. I'm ready to get to work, you know? And I'm out there grinding, building, and he's over there just going to town. And I noticed that he's just working so hard. I mean, like sweating, pouring down this little three-year-old's head, you know? And I see him get real frustrated. And I notice I'm just watching him because, Dad, you know, Dad, we watch. We don't step in. We let, we let him learn, right? And he's over there learning, and he's getting so frustrated. And he finally looks at me and goes, Dad, I need your help. And he's got his hammer. Dangerous hammer right here, you know? I could, like, break this with my finger. But he's over there working on this nail. And I don't know how this thing has, like, stayed up. Well done, Black & Decker, you know? But he's over there working on his nail. He goes, I can't get this nail out. I go, okay. So I go over there, and I realize it's a screw. <laughs> he's not going to get a metal nail out with this, but he's definitely not getting a screw out, you know what I mean? So I say, bud, watch this. So I go get my drill, and I come over there, and I say, man, you got to use something like this, and I pull it right out. Oh, in that moment, I'm like, bro, I learned so much in that moment, right? He didn't even realize he was not even in the same ball game, number one. Number two, he's using the wrong tool, you know what I mean? But when he asked me, I know a lot more than him. I can step in and I actually want to help him with his frustration. I feel like this is exactly what God does for us. God wants to step in, but many of us haven't even asked him to. And we're trying to remove nails with a plastic camera. And there are screws. They're not nails. You're using the wrong tool. We've got to have a different view. That's why we're worried. We're anxious. We're fretting. We're sweating. And we're working so hard. But Philippians 4 says this. Don't worry about anything. Is anybody worried in the room today? Don't worry anymore. It's so easy for you to say. 
Step in. Let's keep stepping. Let's keep stepping. Ready? Don't worry about anything. Instead, want worry to point you towards something new. If you're worried, here's the remedy. Step into this. Pray about everything. You say, man, I prayed and I don't, it ain't working. Let's keep going. Tell God what you need. Would you tell him what you need? Then, listen to this, it doesn't stop there because that's where many of us stop. We tell him, 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 and we stay frustrated. But you've got to follow the verse all the way through. You can't take half truths, you've got to take the full truth. Tell him what you need, and what's the next part say? And what? Thank him for all he's done. And some of us, we got to go to work to remember what he did. This is going to restore joy in your heart. Let's go back and remember. Some of us have viewed in the future, and we haven't remembered his faithfulness in the past. But here's what's going to happen. Then you will experience God's what? Anybody want peace in the room? You know, everybody I talk to on the street and outside this building and sometimes inside this building, I just want peace. I want, I want to be at peace. Do you know you can have peace? But peace comes through the truth of God. And you're wanting him to answer prayers that he's already extended the solution. We've got to receive the truth and step into his solutions. Have you stepped into his solutions? He wants to give you his peace. And let's look about what peace means, which exceeds anything we understand. If you're sitting there and you're saying, Jay, that sounds really good, but pray, then thank him, and you're telling me something's going to change in me, that sounds stupid, and you are full. This transcends our understanding. It doesn't make sense. You, you won't go to the doctor, and you will not hear that. You will not. Go remember the, the past works of God in your life. Go thank him. Bring him your requests, but thank him. And then God's going to begin to transform your life. Y'all, it doesn't make sense to me. But step in. Last week, we said, what are we going to do with this? We woke up every morning and we said, thank you, I am forgiven. And we begin to thank him. If you did that, I don't know about you, but it blessed my life. I stepped in every single morning, got an alarm, wake up, I am forgiven. Thank you. First thing before my feet hit the ground, thank you, God, I am forgiven. Thank you, God. Remember the blessings of God. Remember the day that he set you free. Remember what he's done in your life. Thank you. If you're needing a blessing in your life, set an alarm, wake up first thing before your feet hit the ground and say, thank you. But listen, you can't hold on to a hammer and ask God to get the screws out you got to move out the way and let him do his work. And if you'll get out the way and trust him with his word, I promise you he'll pull the screw right out, but he uses a different tool. It's out of our control. Would you bring to him your request this week and watch what he does? And I promise you, you will experience God's power. But it's easy. Number three. Number three. I'll keep going. Number three. 
We're gonna ask anything according to God's will. Also this week, my son, who just had surgery, found out that we will give him Gatorade because he couldn't eat a lot of food, right? My son is a sugarholic, psychopath. (laughs) And he's found out that Gatorade is good. And he came to us this week, he goes, Dad, can I have something with sugar in it? I'm like, no, we're done. Done with sugar, forever, never again. My mind feels crazy, we're done. And I know you're acting crazy. So we go outside and we're working. Like I said, a lot of things came out of working with him this week. But I had my mower up on this trailer and he wanted to put his mower up on the trailer and we, he wanted to cruise down the road with our mowers on the trailer, you know? Because he wants to be a mower when he gets older. He's prepping. And so JP looks at me and goes, Dad, I want to ride back there with my mower. And listen, to a three-year-old, that's, that would be the prize of life, you know what I mean? Ride with his mower on a trailer? Why not, baby? Dad, cruise down North Shore. I'll be okay. I'll sit on your mower. I'm good. I'm strong and can hold on. But I'm, I'm, JP one day will thank me for not answering that prayer because that prayer would ruin his life. JP thinks he can handle rolling down North Shore on a trailer, but that's ridiculous. And here's the reality. When we pray something outside the will of God, even when it seems super wonderful to us, God knows and has a view that we'll never have in our own lives. And maybe a good thing isn't the best thing. And sometimes good things that aren't the best thing will ruin our life and become a bad thing. But it's easy to get fatalistic when we think think of prayer like this. But God wants us to see and discern his will through his word and to pray his will into action. When John wrote these words, John may have, may have taken Jesus' words out of John 15, verse 7, where Jesus said this, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything that you want, and it will be granted. Here's the caveat. If Jesus' words remain in you, and they sink heavy in your heart, The words that come out of your mouth will be his words. He will transform your desires to become his desires. When I abide and I rest in the king, he gives me what he has. And so as I pray, I can't pray anything against the heart of the father. I can only join him in his pursuits. And if I join him in his pursuits, he will answer. John 14 also says, You can ask anything in my name and I'm going to do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Do you want to live in the power of God? I want to step into that together and I want to practice. Would you practice with me? I want to step in. First thing we're going to do, we're going to contemplate on this reality. That forgiveness is offered through Jesus. Have you received him? Then you are forgiven. 
You are his. Trust that he wanted to save you. You are his. Peace is yours. Now, we don't come to him as a slave in need. We come to him as a son or daughter, redeemed by our father who loves you so much. So right where you are, let's step in and practice a little bit. Right where you are, would you just have time with him? Would you consider the reality that you are forgiven? Say yes to the reality that you are forgiven. And if there's something in your life that needs forgiveness, bring it to him. And he says he's faithful and just to forgive you. Bring it out into light. Nothing can remain in darkness. Now, once you've contemplated forgiveness, would you begin to thank him? But let it come from that authentic place of receiving, just saying yes to his forgiveness. Now, what's on your heart? The second thing is, would you bring your request to him? Bring your request to him. What do you need his help with? What do you feel like is the the nail in your life and you've been working so hard on it? And then from that second one, let's work toward thankfulness. All right. You've stepped out of the way. You've brought him the requests. Now as you step back away from the thing that you brought in the request and you've seen him, he's about to step in and do work because you know he's heard you and he wants to help you. He wants to step in. Let's begin to remember the faithful things that he's done. Let's remember for a second. Father, would you bring to our memory the things that you've done that have been your faithful acts? Father, grace us with the ability to step in and say thank you. Father, there's real hurts in this room. And I think you say to your church, I understand. I experienced every bit of hurt with you and for you.
Father, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much that you understand. Thank you so much that you literally have felt pain in the way that we feel pain. And yet you didn't stop at the pain. And I pray that it's a fresh reminder and experience. Our pain is a reminder of what you went through to go all the way to the the cross to fulfill for us a punishment that we deserve to set us free into a life we never deserved. So God, thank you for pressing through every bit of that pain in an effort just to love us. God, thank you. Thank you. You understand. God, thank you for calling my name those years ago. Thank you, God. I least deserve him. Thank you, God. Thank you for new life in this room, God. Thank you for the work that you're doing here at Midtown. Thank you for the work at Foster Families that's going to have to happen after this service. Thank you so much for that work, God. Thank you for the yeses that have been happening in this room, God. Thank you for, for what you're doing. God, we just say continue to do it. We're in awe of what you're doing. And now we're ready to worship. Now would you stand with us and let's ask him to pour out even more, more out upon us as we continue down the road in power with him.